Hello everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk episode 637, recording today live Wednesday the 30th of September 2020, uh, where we head into autumn. It's blooming freezing here today, actually I should have put the heating on but I forgot to and now I can't because I'm... I'm doing the show. Um, anyway, this is a music technology podcast. We generally talk about all things to do with uh, the creation, the delivery, the uh, performance of music of all kinds, more on the electronic side, but, you know, all the culture, all of that kind of stuff. I want to say thank you very much to everybody for joining us. We've got our friends over at uh, YouTube and Discord and Twitch because we stream uh, to Twitch. Uh, there's a pre-show there because it's just easier for production. Uh, that's Twitch slash Sonic State, I believe. And then YouTube is, you know, well, you're probably watching this. And, of course, um, Facebook Live and all of those kind of things. In fact, I, I should plug this while we're at it. Uh, we're on Spotify. I can actually confirm this. I'm going to open the URL and show you. We are now actually on Spotify, uh, earning absolutely nothing because it's obviously just a podcast and because Spotify don't pay anything. But it's good to be there, isn't it? Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on iTunes, all those places. So you should be able to... Uh, well, we, we're much harder to avoid, which is good. So uh, anyway, uh, I want to say, um, what else? Was there anything else I had to say? I had to say, yeah, we got guests. We have much guestness. Uh, well, oh, but I want to say, yeah, and YouTube, IRC, friends over at IRC, and also Discord. Don't forget, uh, if you want to join the Discord server, we have a, a permanent invite here, which is uh, bit.ly slash sonic discord if you go there you can join we've got our own little community going which is great i know that gaz and uh matt were hassling me to do it and we're growing like 30 percent a week which is great because I, I actually i plug it everywhere so i would hope so so do come and join us but let's say hello to some guests we'll start with mr robbie bronneman who's over there in robot studios uh, well i think it's still called robot i can't remember no it's called recognized studios now recognize it well it's still got it's an alliterative r so that's good uh, yeah that's right that's true. music producer uh live performer not so much at the moment uh, md for <laughs> howard jones uh yeah. and uh media composer all of those things how you doing robbie you well i'm doing well thanks i'm just i'm just working away on my my nearly finished my new ep so that's been my focus yeah Yes, I remember actually that uh, you were working on that. So yeah, getting there. All of this lockdown is giving you, um, giving you plenty of time, right, to to, to complete. Exactly. So have you, yeah. Has it made it? Has it made it quicker? Um, no, it, um, I don't know if it's made it quicker, but it it certainly it certainly given me a focus for all the all the many 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 gigs that I got cancelled, dozens and dozens and dozens of gigs that got cancelled. So yeah, it's certainly given me a focus to divert from all that. You've yeah. run out. Uh, you so the the A and R or the people you're delivering it to. So uh, your excuses are futile. <laughs> you just just deliver yeah, it already, I, right? <laughs> it doesn't quite. It doesn't quite make up for fifty gigs, but you know. No. Okay. Yeah, I suppose yeah. it wouldn't do. <laughs> well, lovely to have you, Robbie, and glad to hear that you're uh, working out in uh, creatively. Uh, we also have, and um, this is our first time, Mr. Mylar Melodies, uh, YouTube e uh, extraordinaire. Uh, we might oscillate between calling him Mylar or Alex, which is what I know him as. Um, how are you, Alex? I like the use of the... Uh, thank you, Nick. I'm good, and thank you for having me. I like the use of the term oscillate, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been um, making videos. Well, I've been sort of technically on holiday this week from my day job. Making YouTube videos is not actually my day job, just to be very clear. Uh, would that it would be, but it isn't. And so, uh, although, of course, as you well know, it's like time you take off 
you basically end up having to shoehorn. This is if you give yourself infinite homework to do, like AKA having a YouTube channel. So you've, I've been making videos. Actually, I've got, I'm going to show you this. I've got a new, I've been making, I've seen make videos about modulars. I make these videos about little modulars. I've been making a series. Ooh. This is the next one, which I've oh, been nice. editing today. So it's like a, it's a 303 in an IntelliGel palette case, but made up of the stepper acid in M303, but kind of um, sort of playing around with formats. It's weird, like you, you make notes before you make a video and obviously you kind of have a mind to what you're going to do. But on this one, I just sort of, because I was just jamming on this system, I just kind of hit play and just sort of talk over the jam, if that makes sense. It's a sort of, it, which makes it really hard to edit because yeah. you're trying to chop against beats and, and four, you know, four bar sections. But really it's an excuse to talk about warps and the LS1 light strip, which are really cool modules. If you're, if you kind of want like just one more thing, if you get a warps, it's like an oscillator expander. You can add an oscillator, you can add modulation and cross folding and wave folding. And this LS1 light strip is like a, a capacitive strip and you can basically- Oh, like CV controller. Uh, Almost. Yeah, like you, you sort of move your finger on the strip and it creates the voltage, but you can record that movement. So you can you can literally record eight seconds of CV movement and send it to something else. So the video will be about... Oh, that's a nice that. idea. Actually, very yeah. similar to the... Um, it's not quite eight seconds, but it's very similar to the... What's the record thing on the the Polybrute, which uh, the poly I can't remember what's that called, the motion here, record. Yeah. <laughs> Just showing yeah. off now. The uh, yeah, yeah, motion record, which I'm not sure how long it no, is. It's on not very long. Group, it's only a couple of seconds, I think. Yeah, you could also do more cool things with with the motion record. I know you can like time stretch it and stuff, which you can't do on the light strip. But it's very so the light strip is very simple and accessible. So yeah. I've got two actually. I used it in my live case, which is just over here. Um, just because you, the whole point being, you record some motion and then you can go and do something else whilst your things are getting. Uh, so it's, that's a good. It's idea. a helping hand, and of course, it's not attached to a two and a half grand synth. It's just a uh, a module of its own. <laughs> of its own well, I mean, modular is not not a cheap. Um, no, that's true. Avenue, or, as you well know. <laughs> No, that's true. Well, lovely to have you. And of course, um, I, before I go, uh, also, um, you do the Why We Bleep podcast, which we may well be referring to a little bit later, latest episodes of Chat with BT, who's a regular guest on this show as well. Anyway, um, we also have Mr. Gazwaldo Williams, who's there in Bristol, our music technologist mm. producer. Wow, yeah. you've got a load of Deck Saver covers. Is that new? Oh. I've just spotted no. them. Oh, isn't oh. it? <laughs> They're pretty handy, though. Um, I'm pretty chuffed because, look, I've got an orange twirl. These are kind of like what? mythical. Where did that come from? They're mythical, yes. Limited edition. So I'm going to be munching that during oh, uh, I can hear it. It's very show. It's very loud. An orange twirl. <laughs> is that like a kind of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory golden ticket? It is a bit. I'm so Chocolate excited orange. about it. It's yes. oh, <laughs> well, that, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm also excited about like the slew of amazing updates that have happened. Um, the Analog 4 and yeah. the Analog Rhythm just got in incredible good updates, um, including the Analog 4 and Rhythm Mark 1s as well, which I think fair play to Electron that those now are, what's that, about eight years old, is it, the Analog 4? Yeah, like nine years be. old even? You know, so mm. um, to get such a significant up update 
this late in its life, I think is great. It doesn't get everything uh, because the new ones get uh, class compliance USB audio interface capabilities, yeah. which Handy. is fabulous. And the way that Electron do that is uh, is just far and away the best I've ever seen. You know, you can essentially make the audio inputs either um, just go direct to the computer or you can make it go through the uh, the analog for first and you basically decide where the where the processing happens in the uh, you know you can choose it's utterly flexible any way that you want it to, to work um, so you know, so you could just use it as an audio interface where the inputs just go directly into the. Ah, okay, DW yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, it makes sense because if they've got if they've got yeah. the. Uh, oh, I can't remember what it's called. The, overbridge. The overbridge capabilities. It must have that that ability to. Yes. Yeah. It exactly. Bit, yeah. yeah. But I mean, this. What you do though is you do have to choose whether you know it is a menu to choose whether it's going to be a class compliant device or an overbridge device. But I mean, that's only just a little menu switch. Uh, but speaking of class compliant uh, interfaces, another yeah, great yeah. Inter uh, update which has just come out is for uh, our very much uh, beloved MC707, yes, Roland. Which is a topic Did that you... we'll get onto later. It's in the oh, list. I didn't see that. Did you is not? It? I said, and I quote, and I quote, and I quote, Roland mm. rocking the upgrades was the heading oh. for that particular time. But yes, oh, I do I take your point. Trying to steal, I missed that. I'm so sorry. These were meant to yep. be just like little, little update well, nuggets. I, okay, if you want an update nugget, how about <laughs> this one? Let's go to uh, Teenage Engineering and have a look at the new. Mm, yeah. OB4, which was announced, is not what you think, which is some kind of a radio with a tape. I mean, it looks amazing. Although wildly impractical with those exposed speakers, I would say. Mm. It's a portable device My with, mat with huge, widely exposed... Yeah, that's that's the finger of the child just going... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the which does seem a little bit of a weird... I mean, it looks lovely. I'm not in quite... They, they haven't really said exactly what it is. It's a radio with a tape in it and motorised. You can see, actually, when it gets to the next bit in the loop, you can see the knob turning around. It's a motorised knob and some rather... They look like ATC speakers. They don't look like they're the sort of things that would be cheap to replace once your child has poked his finger or her finger <laughs> into it in an inquisitive... Because it's a very appealing-looking thing. It's so, hello, Mr. Mm -hmm. Robot, can we... What? Oh, sorry, Danny. Yeah. How much was that? That was about three... I don't know how much it is. It's probably not... £599. Oh, that seems like a snip then for a, for a, uh, a teenage engineering thing. But yeah, it looks like it's, it's intriguing, isn't it? I mean, as we know, they make some intriguing uh, stuff. So that's a, that's a bit of anybody. Uh, I know that uh, Robbie and Gaz are both uh, teenage engineering um, owners. Um, Mr. Alex, have you got any teenage engineering stuff? Are you an OP1? Uh, or... I've got, no, I've got the somewhere in here. I've got like the pocket operators, but no, I haven't succumbed. I'd like to succumb and I probably would succumb to the OP1 at some point, but but I don't, yeah, I had a very quick look at this. I saw it came out. Oh, look at it. And it's, yeah, that thing seems incredible. And I think like like that, I'm, I don't want to judge this yet because it's clear that there's obviously stuff that it's a bit like, um, you know, I'm trying to think of a, like, it's like a Stanley Kubrick eyes wide shut thing where it's like it comes out and everyone's like, this is a bit weird. And then you think, I think it's Stanley Kubrick. He knows what he's doing. He's obviously, yeah. you know, well, and I think that applies to this. I think there's, if it, if it's not obvious what this does, the only thing I would say is it's not a dab radio, which was a bit of an oversight. Like, I want to ah. listen to six music on it and sort oh. of remix mm. six music with the tape loop head thing. I can't do that. Yeah, it's just FM. Well, uh, or um, it's the uh, $1,000 um, monitor stand from Apple. 
paradigm. You know, it, it, you pick, you choose. It could be either one of those things. But, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Oh. Uh, well, that wasn't really a topic that we were going to get onto, but I thought I'd throw it in there. Um, Oh, before we get on any more, um, also want to point out Friday we've got an interview with uh, Battery Operated Orchestra, uh, electronic hey. duo from the south of England, who are actually in the chat room. You can see them passing by. I think they're, if I show that one, you can see the boo are there, um, at, which is great. Um, so that'll be on Friday. Uh, they've got a new album out, which is the this one here, which is Yesterday, Tomorrow and You. Uh, well, it's not out yet, actually. Uh, it's out on Friday, which is why the thing's going on. So out on Friday for Bandcamp. So you Bandcamp give uh, are doing that discount, you know, where they don't they basically don't uh, take their cut, which is great. Which is why lots of artists promote around that day. Anyway, uh, let's get on Can to I some. Just... Oh yeah. Can I just jump in first on a teenage engineer in front? Has anyone else's OP1 started to go yellow? Like all the, the keys and the well, started yeah. to kind of just no, take it depends down. what you do in your it's... studio. <laughs> yeah, is it just yours, Cass? <laughs> They're meant to be studio. Of course, proof, it, is. Though, aren't of course they? it is. Of course it is. It depends Look what you do in your studio, isn't it? Hey, you it borrowed this off me for months and it came back yeah, yellow, man, so was, careful what you're saying. Just, just like to say, my one is lovely and pristine because I don't do anything oh, in my how's studio. That? Mine's, yeah, mine's properly yeah. played, though. That's the difference. Okay, uh, yeah, okay fellas. Calm down, everybody. Let's. We've got a show right. to do. If you can take your offline bants and uh, disagreements <laughs> offline whenever you like. Right. Um, what was the first thing that I was going to do? It was. Oh yeah. I mean, what's not to like? Okay. This is called miasma, and it's a very, very unpleasantly toppy uh, sound. That. Uh, but this is, is. I mean, what's not to like? It's basically sort of EMS synthy inspired uh, well, at least it's got an oscillator with a vernier on it uh, a filter and uh, a digital patch bay and a trapezoid generator and envelope sh shaper and it's in a case i mean how could you not love this um it's just a, a prototype they make some other stuff they make a kind of synthy aks suitcase type model thing as well which you know, let's face it, we all love, but probably most of us wouldn't know how to get anything like a sound out of it because it's so insanely scientific to use. But this just looks like a lovely thing. And it's so. And, but the thing, the reason why it came up is called miasma. Now, does anybody else, I mean, is it just me or does anybody else have any connotations with the word miasma? Well, it sounds like miasma. No, that's really interesting. I think it must be just me then, because miasma in my world is uh, yeah. at least the one I've inhabited for a while is is sort of a noxious gas that you might pass yeah. through, uh, which is often nice used. Which is often used um, if you were to pass wind, for instance, and somebody else walked through, they might use the word miasma uh, as. Uh, so it's a, it's a strange choice of sort of title. I don't know, so, but but it looks fun. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, look, right. it looks like Sorry, it makes a strange was, Yeah. Well, what's uh, the price on that? Uh, well, there's no price yet, but I mean, the main thing, which I think I've got here, where is it? It's the, uh, let's have a look. The 6,900 No, the Pin Electronics, the only other thing they do, oh, yeah, which they is do the, that they do that, that sort of AKA. That's a bit of a dubious picture, isn't it, that they've got down the bottom there? Yeah, it is a little bit. It's a nun, as in they use the nuns. Okay, it's all nun. This is all fine, apart from that's not quite so fine. It's sort of like 6,400 euros for the Portobello Mark III. So in answer to your question, Robbie, I don't know, but it won't be as much as that. How much is that? How much is that? 
um, EMS that's kind of got patch memories that's come out that. Ah. Oh, who makes that? Erica, well. do you, is it Erica? The Erica Centrix thing. That's that that thing. Two grand. Two grand or so. Is it? I know what I'd rather have. Centrix. Uh, I'm just trying to look for it. Uh, I can't find it on here. It must be Centrix. Here we go. Centrix is right here. Erica Sense. Yeah, there we go. Okay. How much is that? 1,500 euros plus that. Oh, flipping out. It's half, half the yeah. price, less than yeah. half the price on that oh, other thing. It doesn't come in a oh, suitcase, the other though. One, that doesn't also, doesn't the other one... It, it does. It does it Hold on, one at a time, on one at a time. Sorry. Go, 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 Mylar. Oh, uh, so I was going to say, that it doesn't. It has the patch bay on the Portobello, though, which I know from the very, very little understanding of the costs involved that the Guilmetti patch bays that go in these things cost an fortune like and hence it's not a you know it's not a guillemette that's in the centrix and it's it's not in the miasma so i think that i think that's what and also it's i don't know i guess costs are different depending on where you are and how many you expect to sell uh, i think maybe erica since have a bit of a better distribution and kind of bigger audience well and they're not using that patch bay which Mm. It's a similar sort of vibe. I mean, I, you know, it brings us back. It's almost like the it's the Matrix Brute kind of concept. I think you dial in the amounts and stuff, which I still think is a fantastic idea. And they should release as a uh, as a standalone unit for mixing CV and gate signals. But unlikely that they will, I suspect. Um, Gaz, you, you can go now. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Um, does it seem, though, that VCS3 type synths are just in vogue at the moment aren't they it seems um it seems like that still is the uh that area which hasn't been fully fully plundered or fully kind of exploited maybe so um that that uh you know there's been a rumor of um a certain company making a clone of one uh, i don't know if that's uh if that's made any progress there but um I mean, so when we've talked about uh, certainly the VCS3 in the past or, or the Synthi, um, there's something about about them that hold an, a, a special allure that virtually no other synthesizer can, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. There, it's something. Mm. It's sort of like you almost you have to wear a lab coat and it smells mm. like an old radio. It's kind of <laughs> overheated, wax-filled yeah. cardboard and dust. <laughs> but, you know, Future Sound Systems put out their, their little, the, the pin matrix on it, you know, as a standalone thing, a little bit like what you were suggesting, different. But um, So it, it seems <laughs> like there's a definite zeitgeist around the around that sort of EMS. Um, I've just got to pr- drop this one. Uh, Rocky67 in the uh, Discord yeah. chat room says, I think EMS synths are popular because when you mind playing on stage, uh, people can't tell you're faking it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is a good line. Um, mm. uh, and also, the other thing that's worth, worth saying is the Portobello 3 is a more exacting replica of the EMS thing than perhaps the oh, right. Erica synth. So, uh, hence the the price. Because, I mean, I think there's a certain element of licensing and whatnot that should and, and, and can go. Because uh, EMS do make, still make them. You can order them, but the waiting list is, is, is measured in years. Uh, and it's quite hard to come mm. by um, if you were after one of those, for instance. So, yeah. Uh, well, that was a bit of a dead-end topic, so uh, maybe we should move <laughs> on. <laughs> Actually, before we move on, what I'm going to do is uh, just mention to uh, um, our friends at Isotope who have a uh, 
an offer for our Sonic Talk listeners. Uh, if you go to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, you can save 10% on isotope products by using the code SONIC10 when you check out. So that's 10% on all of this stuff, uh, which is, and I'm still, I'm still need to find whether that's 10% on top of the sale price, because it doesn't say not. So it might be worth, uh, if you want to shave a bit of price up. I mean, their stuff is amazing. We've been using it on the uh, the, the boot um, uh, interview because when people are often, when they're doing video, uh, remote video stuff with us, you know, their computers are working very hard. And there's a lot of fan noise and we've just completely able to remove all of that. I mean, it's, the dialogue denoise is magical, but it has also very musical purposes. And of course, there's Neutron, uh, which is the sound of Sonic Talk. This is across the master bus, which kind of levels everybody out and hypes it a little bit just for competing on the, uh, the the rabid world of YouTube level wars, which when with spoken, I'm not so worried about the uh, about the dynamics of the voice. It's, with music, I wouldn't want to squish things so much, but it's fantastic tools, as we know. There's uh, there's a whole bunch of things. Big love for RX on this end as well. I use that, literally, I've been making some videos recently about RX, actually, in my sort of day job stuff. He's just to fanboy about it, he's genuinely, like, life-changingly good. And actually, I use that, the... Di- uh, the de-reverb on the BT podcast because he was recording it through a laptop, through a laptop speaker, and I just de-reverb the whole thing. Was he in his kitchen? Like Seth, within it, pretty much. It sounded like it was a bit sort of ironic. He's got some terrible room there. Yeah, it's just like well, he's got no technology. Like, yes, he could have obviously <laughs> used the mic, but it did, for whatever the case, it's one of those situations where you don't have a choice. And I rexed it. You know, when you almost go way beyond the settings you think are healthy, and I'm, you know, you maybe you're like, no, it does sound better. I'm just going to go with it. It's, it's brilliant, genuinely brilliant software. It makes my life better. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's, you know, and that can work with recorded material if you've got clipping or, you know, but D-Reverb is actually quite useful, particularly if you wanted maybe a drier sound on a pre-recorded signal. Just fantastic stuff. Anyway, that's uh, that's uh, just to reiterate, if you want to uh, try that out, you go to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk and you save 10% of uh, isotope products with the code Sonic. 10 uh okay uh next up that was uh oh yeah i was going to talk about some yeah we didn't i I wrote time tosser down under the miasma um uh, name uh uh, because we were talking about unfortunate product uh names and time tosser was the last one that we uh, we talked about with that and um, time tosser and miasma they they probably go if i if if i Time tosser. Uh, it, it was a. It was a. Um, if I remember correctly, it's like a time slicer. You feed a stereo in, and it slices right. the time and reorders the sequences based on some sort of sample buffer. But it's a piece of hardware, so it's right, uh, right, that. Yeah. And they call it time tosser, and it just made us all <laughs> snigger a little bit, just because we're infantile yeah. and puerile yeah, like that. Is, so yeah, you know, how, we can't help it. It's just it's 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 like you know potty jokes. It's like toilet humour. You everybody's got a little bit of it about them and some people deny it but some people just you know are honest and embrace truthful and embrace embrace it embrace the toilet humor it's pretty. Oh, pretty <laughs> that might be i'm putting that down as a show uh, show title embrace the toilet humor might be a little I, 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 I would like to point out anybody in the chat room at any point at any of the chat rooms if you want to post uh, an alternative concept for the title remember we have to keep the titles what short about, so that they fit in what about carry on time tossing no, I'm sorry. That's too that's too long, and I think we time tosser was used before. Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, so this is the next big news. Yeah, we've got dark moogs, and this is actually uh, well. I mean, this is awesome. 
spot I've got love for the Fostex. Is that a Model 80? I thought it was an R8. So that's a Fostex reel-to-reel. And this is, of course, uh, Lisa Belladonna, who is uh, a Mugendorsi and sort of artiste, I guess. And she's got all the Moogs. She's got all the Moogs, all the black Moogs. And the new, it's the matriarch and the grandmother. Uh, some people find the uh, coloration of, uh, of them, the candy colors, a little bit off-putting and less than pro. Uh, but it raises some interesting questions, and this is Lisa Belladonna's new uh, release that celebrates this, uh, which is, if I remember, I've got the title correctly, it's Lisa Belladonna Mothership 2 track, uh, Night Flight. So it's, I guess there's an EP to celebrate this, which you'll be able to get access to, no doubt. So I'm guessing that's the matriarch, because it's polyphonic. Mother, grandmother on the left. Makes it harder to tell what's what. I think, yeah, that's the grandmother sequence are running and we've also got I believe uh, oh, that's a great looking studio that isn't it is that the, the Moog Labs yeah it is is it oh, I'm getting lost in this I wasn't going to play the whole thing I, I'm not going to play the whole thing which is what I always say but I've said both of those things now but yeah there's news that the new Moog Dark Edition which are uh, let me see uh, I think I've got it all here so yeah the, this is what they look like so the with the red buttons like that, really reminds me of uh, some of those Yamaha CSs, but it, it all looks yeah. a bit more pro. CS15. Um, CS15, yeah, yeah mm. absolutely. Uh, they look nice. And I know that the grandmother and matriarch, I mean, they're great synths. Um, and interestingly, I mean, it didn't bother me, but some people like Rich Hilton, when I sent the topics out, couldn't make it onto the show this week because we were full up. He said, thank goodness for that. I hate those candy colours. It's a real sort of Marmite thing, isn't it, mm. it seems. Mm -hmm. um, Robbie... Yeah. Is that a Marmite issue for you? Are you now thinking, well, I, thank I, goodness I can buy one, or have you got well, one already? I, I do like the colour thing, you know. I've, I've got the Otto Bim Bam Boom and all that sort of thing, because I like those sort of brightly coloured things. Um, I do think those Moogs before, they kind of looked, they reminded me a bit of that Tandy synth in the 80s. There was like a realistic yes. synth, wasn't well, it? Was Mo it was a Radio Shack. It was Moog. Radio Shack, was it? Radio Shack. It did have a sort of sort of like a sort of sound sound laboratory lab experimenting sort of home kit you'd have like you might get given a science kit for Christmas or you might get given a chem chemistry set or you might get given that. But I mean I quite liked it, but I can see why it's a love hate thing for some people. Yeah, I can. I can see. It. Well, I, I actually is exactly this. These uh, these sort of images, these kind of yeah, electronic stuff, yeah. electronic kits. You know, the the the, the, yeah, the, the used I mean. to get in the nineteen seventies. Yeah, I mean, and I kind I kind of I, it's quite endearing to me. It's just like the, the the Moog thing, Moog thing, whatever. It's always been a little bit off my radar. But just I, I had a, I had a, I had a Rat Mount Voyager, which I got rid of this year, and I, ha I have got I've got a Model D. But I mean, um, yeah. I mean, I just don't have much experience with the Moog since. I've got plenty of other things that I really enjoy and love. So um, I, I've not really played many of these newer instruments. But, I mean, it's uh, to me, it they actually do look a lot nicer in the black. They kind of look a little bit more like a meme machine now. Yeah, well, well that, that's exactly the point. Um, I guess, Alex, I mean, you're the ideal person to come to because your day job is part, what, one of the things, mm. the brands you represent through uh, sources is Moog. So, you know, we, yeah. we deal with you on that basis. So you've seen both sides of this uh, picture. I have a sort of slightly kind of, you know, full disclosure, I'm uh, like an insider to this. So, you know, take my opinions with a pinch of salt. But, you know, I, uh, it does mean that I sort of was privy to this and knew about it. And also, it, yeah, I can say as much that, I've 
I've spoken to Moog about the colors. Obviously, when the grandmothers came out, the, the matriarch as well. Um, you know, speaking personally, I, and I'm not just saying this through my day job. You'll just have to take my word for it. But I genuinely love that look. And it's interesting. We were talking about this before. Uh, you know, part of my job is to demonstrate synths. And you know, you if you've ever demonstrated synths at trade shows, and you you know, sometimes people will come up to you who understand how synths work, and sometimes they'll be accompanied by people who are coming along for the day who don't. And there is a always a person who you know you show something like a subsequent 37 to which is like filled with lights and dials and is sort of you know monstrous looking and you say do you want to have a go and they just kind of back up and go you know i don't know what i would do with that that's a that's a sort of complicated thing and it's you know it's for that reason as far as i'm aware that's why these synths look like they look like it's to look appealing so when people say you know oh you know, they're toy like in a in a funny sense, that is exactly what they're That's supposed what they're going to be. For. Because right. like you know, like a toy, it's supposed to be an inviting object. And if you you know, if you really strip things back, let's all face the fact that, you know, we could just be using software if we really wanted to. And so there's a sense that but having a real device is a playful experience. Like having real gear is about playing like you're a child, like my son literally plays with toys. And you know, there's no difference. And and I think I personally look at the grandmother. I actually literally have a grandmother here in front of me. And it's, um, I just think I was like, I saw that and was like, I want that in my, I want to have that thing of, it's an object of desire. But I also, I totally get why people, you know, like Rich is like, I don't, I don't want colors. You know, I want, there's an aesthetic that's so appealing as well. That if you look at that, you know, the dark monstrosity of the, the sort of the modular tower, I totally get that. But, yeah. But also, at the end of the day, synths are supposed to be fun and they're supposed to be appealing. Yeah. And perhaps they can appeal to more people if they look more inviting. Mm. So I wonder if we'll end up with kind of both different flavours. Uh, quickly, before I come to you, Gaz, uh, it was... Uh, oh, uh, hold on. I'm just trying to look for the actual... Where's the link? Oh, it's gone. So, I, I can't remember who said it now. I just said it reminds me of the Partridge family bus, which is kind of a, quite a cheery concept. <laughs> It's interesting, isn't it, how the, the yes. aesthetic, I mean, you know, I guess many, mm. ideally, many, many companies would do both, you know, because then you could just... Right. Yeah. But it's interesting, isn't it, how Ele Electron have just done no, it, haven't they? Electron have just changed edition. the... Uh, the elect Electron have just changed the, uh, the analogue four and the analogue rhythm to, uh, mm. to a black colour sort of in a, a similar kind of move. Um, I know that a lot of people felt slightly... Um, Underwhelmed by the light grey look of the of the uh, when when the rhythm and the analog four Mark twos came out, so now they're available in black as well. It's interesting that they they've happened almost concurrently mm. with uh, Moog mm. doing this as well, uh, and um, so it's clearly some sort of marketing. You know, I've mm. discovered that 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 people do want mean, devilish looking gear in their studio. Um, <laughs> I think uh, the um, for me, I think as I, I think I think it's a real shame that they've done these black ones in a way. Although I, I appreciate why they've done it, and I think it's 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 not a problem. But uh, 
I think it's really good when when you, you've got distance recognition of an instrument. You know, when you can see mm. it on a stage and just instantly well, can uh, recognise what yeah, it is. Why, why Nord cleaned up because you could spot that keyboard for up. miles on telly. You know, absolutely. Yeah, great, great example. Yeah, so it just seems a little bit a little bit of a blander sort of move. Although I'm sure you know some people's studios would it will end up in people's studios that it wouldn't have if it was in the bright colours. Mm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, just I also, you know, Fine. I mean, it also ties in a little bit with dark mode on iOS and a few other yeah, things. Yeah, I'm just looking. Well, Dara it's M in the chat of... room, Dara M in the chat room has just said, uh, black edition is usually oops, that's not the one I want to press at all, it's that one, is usually the last chance for a PR department, which I think is a little unfair in this instance because it's just... <laughs> but those, those sort I mean, of I cosmetic did... changes, yeah, sorry, Robbie, yeah, I was gonna say, I think in this case. And in, in the case of like the um, the electron thing, it's just a case of wanting to create a, the product range that's consistent. So, you know, particularly in the electron world where people are militant buyers of all the products, you know, those new ones, they fit very much more in now with the Digitact and the Digitone and all that. They've all got yeah. a kind of a uniform look. And it's the same with these, isn't it? They want it to fit in with the with all the little kind of rack units. They just want people like a sort of a uniformity when they're buying into a yeah. manufacturer. That's also, I'm I think that's more the Yeah, case. no, I think that's yeah. a very valid point. Uh, Alex, I mean, you, you're the inside track. Uh, uh, these are in addition to the coloured ones, or are they now replacing yeah. it? Are they, no, no, that... no, not at all. So they coexist now, so there's literally two different colours. So, uh, you know, which is, um, it just means that you get to choose, basically. It's not like the colourful ones are going away. But I think, yeah, Robbie's totally right in that sense that there's, you know, like I've got a very, very tiny version of Lisa Peladonna's rig where I've got like the four stack with a subharmonica, which is in that video I made a while back. And it will, you know, would look better in a sense of uniformity. Um, then it's true there is this sort of two different aesthetics at play. But I don't know, I really, really like the kind of psychedelic sort of Moog. You know, there's the kind of pastel mm. psychedelic stuff. If you've been to the, like, at NAMM, mm, no. they had that. I didn't The sort know. of off-site, some of these, like, sort of houses where they decorate. There's some real, like, um, you know. San Francisco psychedelica. Acid, yeah. acid psychedelic San Francisco tape centre, you know, sort of inspired artwork that's going on. It's nice that the, the range actually has a feel of that. Because it's, well, I, it's a bit like the, um, I was going to say the, uh, what was the Waldorf? You know, the microwave and stuff oh, the, we've had a few right, the acid really orange and stuff and, yeah yeah well okay yeah, by the same time by the same token shouldn't they now uh, release uh dfam mother 32 as psychedelic versions as well so yeah, you could yeah so uh, who's you could to say, do sort of like uh, well it is like a uh, lexan if you touch like the grandmother it's like lexan overlays they could almost do like printouts this is a pro i'll make this suggestion you know when i'm back next week we should do like lexan sort of inserts so people can stick them over if they want to like psychedelicify their, their synths <laughs> nice one. panel edition nice one well uh, yeah and also if you head over to moog i believe uh, i have to check uh to see if there's a link to the new uh, release from Lisa Belladonna, but uh, I, I should expect so. And I guess are these shipping now? Do you know that? Are they are they kind of ready to go? They're, I think they're they're on the way. Yeah, I think a tiny tiny amount is coming, and then it more will come. It's always a sort of little gradual exponential process, but yeah, it's yeah. it's coming soon. Often the way. Okay, well, lovely. Um, so let's have a look. Well, that was dark moogs, and also like I say, nice to see the uh, Fostex reel to reel in there. I wonder if that we're going to start seeing more of those. That'd be interesting. Hmm. Yes, it's quite possible, isn't it? Um, okay. Uh, oh, yes. I, one thing I wanted to also point 
out, what was it? Oh, yeah, Synthfest. Uh, this only came in because I, I wasn't actually included on the, uh, uh, let me see, on the on the email. But a Synthfest are doing, that's the one I want, uh, Synthfest are doing, which would be normally running around this time of year, 48-hour uh, virtual event, uh, 10th to the 12th of October 2020. Uh, if you want to head over to Synthfest, I'm not exactly sure what it's going to be, but it's a lot of sort of bespoke content that will just be pick and choose. So there'll be manufactured products, promotional videos and fringe events and whatnot. So people will be doing content around that. I'm not sure if we'll have a chance to do that because I only literally was made aware of it 10 minutes before the show, but I promised that I would uh, plug it because we usually go to Synthfest and, of course, we can't because we're not allowed to go anywhere at the moment. So synthfest.co.uk, uh, keep an eye on that for details of what's going to be coming up on that. Um, okay, right. Uh, let me see. We've done that one and we've done Dark Moogs. Ah, why we bleep AI and... Uh, no, see if I can find this. The, the, you, you, Alex, you interviewed uh, BT, yeah. who's been a guest on the show. He's a real sort of technologist and futurist and I've got... Let's see if I've, I've just got to. What I've got to do is find the URL time because I couldn't download the whole thing because it was a bit big. Well, it's a, it's a long answer as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I thought I'd just yeah. start it off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we'll have to endure the. Uh, we won't have Thanks, to endure the video because I'm going to turn revenue it, for me there. <laughs> turn it down. Well, I'm not sure how that will work because it'll. Pro I'll probably get busted for playing your video on my show. You see, that's. The, I will skip not. Ads. I will. This to be controversial and confrontational. And here's why, because if you have this sort of Luddite mindset that artificial intelligence is not going to be not just in our daily life in the creative space, but potentially overtake the ability of humans, then you're not going to help sculpt what the future is. And, and this is why I want this to be aggressively confrontational, because it is up to us as the artist community to sculpt what this means. And if we don't, you're going to see things like Spotify, which is taking, you know, an artist's ability to support themselves, right? And then it translates into 1% of 1% of the population and everyone mm -hmm. else. Uh, you know, the, the only well, people. I think maybe we don't play all of this. I think uh, Alex, maybe from... you can because you you did it. Maybe you could paraphrase yeah. because uh, it's. A, oh, oh. Press the right button in a minute. <laughs> Here we go. We need you need AI to switch it. The, yeah, oh, basically no. to sum up the sort of argument here at the end is so you know there's this big long podcast and basically I asked him what the future of music technology was and and BT is like it's AI and it's specifically AI creating music that has been trained with the music of the last, you know, 150 years of recorded music. Um, and he brings this up because, you know, as he says there, if we don't control what that looks like, then there is a vast potential for streaming services and music services to create kind of, to, to basically take not a sample, but the very style and decisions that make, uh, you know, that make up a musician. So, you know, when, you know, you make a piece of music, there are creative decisions about what key you use, yeah. what tempos, how you flow this, which can be quantified on some level. You know, that's why we have like YouTube videos of, you know, here's how to make a track like BT or someone like that. You know, it's, we're able to quantify it and algorithms are too. So what he's saying is that we should, we need rapidly laws to 
sort of copyright a training set, which is to say all the decisions that would make like a Nick, Nick Bat tune a Nick Bat tune. Because if we don't do that, you have an option where services may be like, you know, obviously not necessarily Spotify, but just streaming services could have a button where you just hit play and you get amazing customized music that is based on this incredible amount of data about your listening habits. They know what you like, but it will be them who get the money. There will be no streaming revenue given to the artists whose music trained the algorithm. Mm. It's not an algorithm, AI. And so it's it's almost like sampling 2.0. It's like not the recorded music, but the very way you make music that could be taken from you. And it's, uh, you know, as we were talking about, the open AI thing shows that there is already a grainy, but there are examples of this happening now. They can do it now and it will only get better. I have a video of what could happen. What happens when AI goes uh, goes wrong? I think it's this one. Okay. I think you'll approve of my choice. This is the original, which we'll probably get busted for. This is AI just breaking it apart and rewriting it. I mean, it's very grungy and kind of weird. I mean, this, but it is a really, we, we do uh, touch on AI, uh, but we did talk about the, um, uh, what was it? The uh, uh, um, AI, uh, what was it called? The bloody, I can't remember the name of it. The openai.com. Uh, in, mm. If you're interested in episode 618, about 53, 39 minutes. But this is, this is quite terrifying. And I suspect, I mean, it seems to me that companies like Spotify have no scruples when it comes to how can they make the most money. They've already sort of hoovered up all possible revenue models. You know, nobody makes money out of Spotify and any kind of sense that, that well, you're selling your create, you're selling your potential royalties in return for exposure. I just think it's fatuous. So they're just, you know, I think they absolutely probably will go. I want a button that sounds like the rest of my stuff and nobody else has to get paid. I, I'm going to come to yeah. um, I'm going to come to. Well, let's Gaz. I haven't heard from you for a while. I imagine you're slightly fuming and the thought of it is quite terrifying. But how do we stop it? I mean, what yeah. what can we do? Um, well, I mean, I, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about some of my favourite music, like Gentle Giant, for instance, and how on earth AI would make any sense out of that. <laughs> and just, and, and it would be ridiculous. You know, it would be ridiculous. And some of my other music that I really like as well, I'm really totally into the new Motorcycle album. And I can't see how that would affect that type of music. It's too idiosyncratic. You know, I think for certain electronic musics, uh, it could probably have a good go at getting quite close to it. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure really. I'm not sure. I'm, I, I think some, maybe that's the thing. Some genres are very much in, uh, you know, would be much more under threat from it than than others, perhaps. Um, Certainly, yeah. The Nick Bat algorithm. All they have to do is go uh, <laughs> key of C and yeah. uh, a long reverb and a, nice a, reverb. some sort of synth pad with a, an oscillator tuned to a fifth above it, and that's pretty much, pretty much. You're giving you're done. it away, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> EWM slider. Oh, you. Yeah. But yeah, um, so no, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, like for instance, when we covered that thing that modelled human voices, oh, a couple of week, a couple of months ago, or you know, the thing that, um, yeah, oh, yeah, that thing, whatever, I can't remember what it was now, but um, there's so many elements to this to make it a threat. 
as I say, I think some electronic music would be that you know some sort of like generic dance music, for instance, or you know some music. I guess something that's already really already play. very formulaic, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. So mm. I mean, you know, so you could use those examples. But as I say, maybe as I say, the way the fight back is make better music. People stop copying and uh, look trap is mm. crap let's just move on and let's just get on with some good innovation <laughs> wow. for god's crap. sake and let's get that ahead of the curve get ahead of the curve so the things are chasing and you know and it all sounds passe and dated whatever it's trying to do you know the the good stuff is you know yeah well coming that's from that human that's a really innovation. good point, actually, because often what we hear is algorithmic stuff or stuff that analyzes and, and says, you know, remember there was that Microsoft, it was like the paperclip of kind of suggest a melody and it was just hideous <laughs> because it was oh, so it was out awful. of touch. But it was, yeah, it and was that was terrible. AI, but it wasn't quite, I don't know, Robbie, I, I, you know, you must feel strongly about this as well, because what you do, yeah. and what many of us do all day is that creative process. And, but presumably you are asked to do things in the style of Robbie, because that's why you're hired. So if somebody yeah. hoovers up your oh, yeah. style... What happens? Oh, yeah, I mean, of course, but I mean, it's it's like everything in every industry. You know, when I've done, when I've been doing film, every time I do a film score, without fail, the the, the director or whatever, or the, the the producer, they go, oh, it'd be great if you could just, you know, they've had their temp music in and they've had whatever in from that year, the social network or stuff from Stranger Things or whatever, whatever. And they, invariably, you know, they always, they always want, oh, could we just have some music that's a bit like this? Can we just have some music that's a bit like this? So um, you always have to try and fight away from being asked to do stuff that's like somebody else. But, I mean, I, I just, I, I think I think Brian's right, um, BT's right, in that, you know, you've got to, it is it, 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 no point in just sort of ranting and raving. I know it's just disgusting. Blah, 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 blah. You've got to try and be part of kind of thinking about how, you know, we can harness it and not and not allow it to get away. I mean, for instance, this week I've been loving that new app Reface on my phone, where you can literally just put one still photo in and it's on any gif or any film clip ever. And it looks like I'm, you know, for all intents and purposes, I'm in any film. And now right. I can just do it from one still. And it's just like, you send that to somebody. And I sent it to my parents. My parents just didn't understand. They were like, how are you in this film? You know, it's like the lines are blurring all the time as to what's real and what's mm. not real. And what, 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 yeah. And content that we're going to see on the internet, whether it's music or visually or whatever, well, it's going to be more and more this problem of what actually am I looking at? Am I looking at the real person doing this, the real artist playing this, the real, you know, and it's just, there's always going to be, you know, it's never going to take the place of, 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 of art that inspires and creates emotion and, and draws something out of somebody when they hear it for the first time. It's never going to have that place, but in in the kind of commercial marketplace, who knows where where it's going to end? I mean, you know, it's mm. hard, very hard to tell. Well, you, uh, Alex, you 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 uh, you did the interview. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, because in the same way, you know, in many of our countries, wherever you may be, there's this sort of movement that, that you know, even like politics and world events are being taken away from us, and we didn't realise until it was too late. Are we mm. going to be uh, the only way we're going to be? Doing, we're going to see sort of um, avant-garde jazz demonstrations in the street as we uh, as we start <laughs> to kind of uh, as we start yeah, to realise that it's too late and what's happened. And it's not a good time to be protesting. It's yeah, it is true. It is. I don't know. I think the real danger, and Robbie, I think you're absolutely. You nailed it when you say it's like the, the emotional, like 
you know, like when I think of like listening to like Aphex Twins music for the first time, like how could an algorithm make that? And I think that may or be, may not be true. And obviously we may all be proved very wrong that an algorithm might be able to make amazing music. But it, I think the danger is where it, it is if we're being super devil advocate, devil advocate is that a lot of people, and I'm, this is a generalization, you could say that mm. Spotify, for example, is designed to almost make you consume music in a passive way by having playlists which are based on activities you will be doing while you have the music on, not what you yeah. will be not music you will be listening to. So it's if it's music to chill to, or if it's you know music to code to or study to, then it very well could be well suited by a kind of algorithmically generated almost music that's just the right level yeah. of like instrumental yeah. And, yeah. and isn't intrusive like music like to Hoover to. <laughs> and so it could be, but I think just quickly, I was thinking like shower thoughts about what is the positive of AI music. And I, you know, cause BT sort of implied that he was working on something of himself and he, he hasn't told me that I should be very clear. This is literally just my supposition, but you know, I could also imagine that magic button, but in my studio where I, like, you know, I push the generate button and music that is inspired by the music that I love and that, I have made comes out and I can almost sample. So it's almost like having generative, an endless generative module, but instead of it being CV or MIDI data, it's spitting out complete music that I can then like A, rip off or B, like sample and work from as a, it could just be an inspiration. I go, oh, that's a cool bit. And that's fundamentally that, no you know what's going. You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. The AI will eventually figure out how to fingerprint its own creation so that none of us can then claim any ownership or earnings <laughs> from us. the stuff that it generates. Yeah. So we'll just end up being sued by AIs who are protecting their own copyright that they nicked from us in the first place. I don't know. Sounds Gaz, like I know you wanted to come in there. This is, it feels like a little bit of a depressing topic, but it's also fascinating. <laughs> well, I mean, preset culture and sort of um, drag and drop, you know, um, cl uh, clips and, and, and just a very, very basic shit oh sorry I, I sorry that was the only right. word that was suitable type Beep. of music um, <laughs> um can i use the word poo instead is that all right yes is that, that's is fine that, all right yeah so I, I would love it if it just wiped away all the poo really you know that mm. people just that sort of that <laughs> But the, I, I suppose the, th the thing about that, though, Gaz, is there are people who make a lot of money make, writing library music, for, which is generic stuff for people, you know, uh, and it supports their other creative endeavours. It's just they have the skills to do it. And, you know, you, you none of us can pretend that we haven't had a, had to work on musical projects that we didn't really have our heart into, but we did it because it was a job. In the same way that if I was a builder yeah. and I build somebody's hideous monstrosity in their garden, I did it for the money. I didn't like it. I wouldn't have it in my garden, yeah. but I have to do it because it's my job. You know, that's just the way yeah. that it goes, isn't it? to a degree well I, I mean that's a yeah. that's a big philosophical debate isn't it I mean because like for me music is something which is actually intensely personal you know my enjoyment of it my music taste and uh, everyone's music taste something I've said many times is everyone's music taste is their right you know <laughs> if you like something you like it and people might tell you it's terrible so but if you like it you like it that is your own thing so mm. Yeah, but I, I guess what I'm what I'm aiming what I'm trying to kind of get at though is, um, well, if if you were to look at say Top of the Pops in 1980, 1981, the amount of variety and innovation going on 
just in the regular charts is absolutely staggering you know it's amazing i mean i picked that year just at random but that that was a particular um very fertile sort of time for pop music well certainly in britain you know and a lot of that actually went over to america and did you know the second british invasion um but i think there was values that writers and producers were kind of working to which um which has sadly become lost and uh do you you think do you think i mean i i I, i'm i'm just just to interject there I don't yeah. think the values were there because people were innovating at the time. The technology was enabling them to do things in completely different ways. I mean, yeah, yes, it point. was still tied to the yeah. studio environment, but it, a lot of that stuff had uh, started in the bedroom, you know, so... Yes, but I think I'm talking about a very specific thing where the um, where the, 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 the end result was to, was to be fresh and new you know, as opposed to just copy, copy, copy. I know I was, I was kind of having a bit of a go on trap and I really am sick to my back teeth of it. I, I did a little project last year where I, I, I copied the beats of the top 10 uh, in the Billboard main, t- uh, the top 200. Um, I, I just copied the beats and they were all, well, not all. I think there was, I, I have mentioned this before, apologise for that, but yeah, I think it was the Billie Eilish track that was the one that was that actually stood out as being, as as possessing this thing you know and that's the thing i'm talking about that's what people have got to kind of seek you know well okay my take on it is is that it's like it's like a lot of things it's like i've had this conversation with people like do would you would you would you be any less would you be more uh more wary about letting your kid go go off to, for for the day, you know, like sort of your ten year old kid to draw a ride off on their bike and play in the woods for a, for a day, just like you did as a kid. Now, is there any more danger now than there was back then? And there isn't. It's just our oh, we've got such a heightened sense of there being more danger now, but there's no more danger. And I think what Gaz is saying, back in the early days of the charts, or you know, eighties technology like you said was coming in things where people were just doing things in a new way because they're just being presented with new instruments on a weekly basis um but there wasn't that accessibility to all that stuff and so you know the charts represented a snapshot of all the kind of various factions of people doing stuff the reason that we think it's diluted now is because we all have all the tools and there's like about for every you know in the 80s for every synth pop track that came out if that was a genre now there'd be like about a hundred thousand on the on the on the internet by tomorrow because everybody would have access to kind of look at it and go oh i can do that and this and that so that's why i think it feels diluted but there's still innovation out there it's just you have to trawl through the endless copycats that everybody can generate a you know a snap yeah. of a finger okay. um, to get to get to the good stuff uh, Something that still r- rankles and really irritates me like like nothing else was um, I was doing some working in pop music um, about 15 years ago and working with some big artists and um, and I went for a meeting at a at a studio called Rive Droit Rive Droit uh, Droit Rive Droit <laughs> sorry uh, but it was that was in I think it was uh, was it Richmond upon Thames and they there they they were producing a lot of uh, a lot of chart music um and oh god I, this is one of my biggest bugbears in my life this is uh, we'd spent a couple of weeks making this really intricate and very nice production um 
this can I use the word tosser in terms in, in referring to a person? Not a well, you have. I mean, that? it doesn't really. Make... <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy, this guy turns up anyway. This guy turns up who's, who, who runs the company, and he first of all he he turns up on his Harley Davidson, and as he turns up, as he rides as. Instead of just turning up and turning his bike off, he turns up on his bike and then just revs it loads of time. Round, 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 before he kind of comes into the building, you know. Um, and he had like a bandana on his head and sort of... Uh... Classic exec. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> and, and then he, he puts on the track that we come to play. And, um, and before he even listens to it, he just sort of like looks at his watch. He puts the track yeah, on, yeah, and after cool. about 15 seconds, just starts shaking his head, you know. Oh, he's a pompous... Can I say the word? Twi- no. Twap. No. Twap. Yeah, OK. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. This this angers me so much. My language... My la- Sorry. Um, anyway, so this guy, he, first of all, he just kind of, like, tries to sort of just, like, you know, pity that the, our chorus didn't come in until 30 seconds in or something. Uh... And then he kind of asked about how long we took on the track and with all of the vocal edits and everything, you know, around a two-week process. And he just sort of guffaw, you know, laugh. said, my guy's in there. Look, he's pointing all these gold discs on the walls. You go, my guy's in there. We've got hard drives full of sample loops. Dish, 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 bish, bash, bosh. Backing track done, less than an hour. So why on earth would, I be interest- would, would we be interested in you if you take... And then I was just looking around at the gold discs and seeing they were like Westlife and Boys Own. And I thought, oh my God, I'm in the heart of You're in the wrong place. What were you doing there, for God's sake? The absolute heart of enemy territory, you know. So I just, everything about that meeting just got scarred for life. (laughs) Scarred for life, I tell you. Alex, Uh, Alex, I've got to come back. It was Alex's topic, and he hasn't said almost anything yet. Look what you did. (laughs) You just lit the the blue touch paper. Okay, I've got a proposition for you, Alex. So, what happens when we all often we wear, you know, watches and things that sense our kind of heartbeat, our electrical impulse, and all of those? That's a that's a Casio. That is, isn't that a Casio calculator? Calculate watch. That's probably not that watch. Probably isn't doing that. But what happens when the AI has access to that data at the same and knows what we're listening to, so it can measure our emotional response to it? Then we're in trouble. Well, that's it. And it it will be listening. It will know how to get your your pulse racing. And so, in Gaz's instance, it will it will not be playing psychedelic. It will just start playing boys' own style loop based music. (laughs) The pulse is going up. I'm doing a good job. How wrong could you be? <laughs> do you, I mean, we we often catastrophize about the future. I mean, we do it all the time. You know, our news media is is geared around this whole thing. Do you think we're over over catastrophe? Do you think BT's maybe over over uh, catastrophizing think, a little bit? Or? I just think he's he's raising a good point, and it's just like we should. It just illustrates the red technology is moving on, whether we like it or not. And there are things that are percolating under the surface that could be revolutionary, you know, new internets and stuff. They, they will happen. And I suppose it's just, we just have to be mindful and, and use technology in a responsible way. You know, we know from social media, it's like, it can be, has very good, very good qualities. It can bring people together and it can raise issues to the forefront, but it can also be, yeah. uh, you know, a melting pot of complete cess and poop. Um, and so it's sort of, <laughs> It's up to us to use technology responsibly, and you know, as a musician, I will I will use my AI to try and sample okay. and get some inspiration. 
And the basis for you having any faith in us as a race can actually achieve this is exactly what? (laughs) You know, we've got to try. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, fair enough. We'll be all right. I'm sure we will. Uh, interesting topic. And um, yes, do check out the, uh, uh, I've got it here, the episode. Uh, this is where it's discussed in, uh, in length and you, you get kind of Brian's take, BT's take on the, on, on because he's involved in some of the technology that's happening, that's enabling this stuff. And his take is be part of it because then at least you get to shape it, isn't it? It's that old adage, yeah. better, better being inside than on the outside trying to change anything, which I guess is to a certain degree true, but sometimes you've got to draw a line. I don't know what that would be. It's very hard to know, isn't it? Um, uh, yeah, so currently the, uh, the the title of the show is Hovering at Music to Hoover 2, which I think is kind of possibly apt. Um, and I think we've kind of, we've probably covered as much as we can. At the, oh no, God, Roland, we were rocking the upgrades with Roland. I wanted to put that in yeah. quickly, uh, <laughs> yeah. which was, yeah, Roland, uh, Roland new uh, 1.6 update to the MC707, which me and Gaz both uh, reviewed, which uh, worked out pretty good. And uh, mm. and I they didn't upgrade the sample memory, but they've made no. it class compliant, which is good news, right? Yes. There's a killer feature in it, though, and my goodness. And it's interesting because it slightly taps into what we have just been talking about, but there is a um, random um, pouch pa- creator. Patch. Yeah. And this is something, like, I've actually never seen before because um, what happens is when you go into it, you can then choose one of, uh, I think, is it maybe nine different algorithms? So you can choose, like, poly, <laughs> and then you can just keep pressing enter. And Westlife. Keep generating. Mm. gentle giant (laughs) (laughs) yes please um but you keep you can keep so you can you can keep pressing the enter button uh, on whichever one that you selected for instance interestingly there is cowbell has its own kind of generator so you can keep on generating cowbells uh you know um, which is (laughs) (laughs) imagine if that button got stuck you know there'd be just this surfeit of cowbells in the world (laughs) (laughs) what would we do (laughs) Um, but what i was going to say about that was though that that is actually the Zen Core engine, as we've talked about, is you know incredibly capable and incredibly deep. Yeah, well, but that's the especially as a starting this. point on that little kind of screen and with the kind of letterbox kind of programming of the 707, um, starting a, a patch from scratch is just, I you know, it's I don't not, mind it. I found um, it. I found it. it I, I found yeah. it because it, it felt like a more. This is my take. It felt like a more honest mm-hmm. approach because the thing about the Jupiter XM, it promises all this fantastic tweakability, and then I counted it and I can't remember because I got it to review. They said, "Will you review?" It? I said, "Yeah, sure." And I chuck, I got it in, and then after I pressed something like eighteen button presses to get to oscillator two detune, I'd sent it back. I said, "I can't review this. It's not a synthesizer. It's not. It's it's not something. You know, right. it's it, it's false advertising in a way." Whereas the MC707 isn't. It's just like, here's the synth engine. You program it like this. I go, okay, now I know yeah. that. That's fine. I can mm. I can adjust. Mm. And and that's... But I mean, so, so, yeah. Well, all I was going to say, though, is the fact, though, that, you know, because they're grouped, you know, uh, they're grouped into, like, poly, um, mono, um, poly keys, I think, is yeah. another one. Um, but they've also got, like, analog mono and analog pad, which I'm guessing just uses only the VA aspects Ooh, of it some dodgy um, foreshortening the fact- of the wording there they've got to be careful with that <laughs> <laughs> you're right but pressing that button repeatedly it the differences are, are, are quite huge but there is one extra thing i wanted to mention that if you set up a track 
to have an audio input, say you've got a guitar or a microphone or something plugged into it, um, using the random button actually changes the effects and changes the EQ and change. So Ooh, you can actually can you automate it? No. Oh, that's no. a shame, isn't it? That would be good. Yeah, but 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 you can when when a track is playing back, you can sort of change it, it whilst the track is playing. Mm. Um, so there's many, many parameters that it can adjust. And because it narrows it into those specific categories, it's not gonna, it does yeah. make it um, interesting. You know, rather good. Um, Electron brought out a very interesting thing, not in this update, in the last one, though, where um, and instead of it being uh, on a kind of category based like it is on the 707, uh, what the Electron does is uh, you can randomize parameter pages the entire page so you can go to the filter page randomize it and that's an interesting other way but i think this roland one is even is even kind of better really in that there's enough categories to choose from to be able to sort of put you in the ball oh yeah right? and uh, a couple other things because this was on synth anatomy a couple of uh, other things were uh we have class compliant drivers which is always good because roland awesome. regularly had to you know you had to install something different and let's yeah. not forget the mc7 i know we're, we're kind of quite championing it but the mc707 has an 18 output audio usb interface so you can run every single track as a stereo feed separately into your door. You can run the external input. You can run the effects. It's it's a pretty and the master mix. You know, it's pretty decent sort of uh, level of granularity. It's just that looper thing. And also the other thing I was going to say they were rocking was the uh, Zenology. You know, which is this concept of basically the Zen core engine, which is common to the MC seven hundred seven, the J Jupiter XM. That basically gives you the same thing in software, which is quite, I mean, it's quite a big deal that they've just gone. They're almost sort of saying, we've recognised the future is not hardware-based, so we're developing our synth engine, which you will also be able to get and run on whatever hardware you want. I know, Alex, I'll come to you. Um, mm. Have you tried the MC707? It's a cracking piece of kit, I have to say. I haven't. No, no, I really I would like to. Uh, what I do have is the, um, is the TR8. It's fine. Uh, the TR8 here, which I was using, which I would just say, like, the whole, um, you know, this, what Roland are doing, I think, should be celebrated. I think it's 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 interesting to see how, you know, Roland's model of we design the future, and it's they are not doing, like, rehashes of old stuff. They are always trying to find some futuristic way of changing it. And I think, you know, I, I've, I've spoken to people who've got, like, the 707, and, uh, the, um, and it, I just think it's... I think it's great. It's like immediate accessible and it sounds really good. And also uh, as a sort of commonality here is they have the faders, which I just I don't keep banging on about this. I think if you play live, if you like jamming on equipment, whoever thought to put faders on this is a genius and they're on those devices too. The faders are what make it so instant and so jammable. And so like in this video with you know, the synth, it's me and the Ira and I'm just throwing things in, throw that up, change the pattern. It's very quick and very immediate and it sounds good. And I think if you don't, if you I worry that people don't get why it's good. And I think people just need to, you know, and I certainly don't work for Roland. It's, you just need to go and actually try these things because it's where it's, it's on paper is one thing, but actually in person, mm, yeah, often you know, way. any issues that you might have about the look of the IRA sort of, fade away when you're like no i'm just actually having a really good time jamming and it's i've got all of the yeah. trs with me i'm with you, know, you. i think roland yeah. suffer a, i'll come to you in a second roland suffer a little bit from this legacy there was a period where they were a bit lost 
and it was like release something we really want and it's the whole the the I don't know the, I don't know the Jupiter 70 I would disagree with that but, but yeah I would say yeah, I don't think that sorry right yeah. Well, you, you, Robbie, you're a big fan of the System Eight. Am I? Do I remember that correctly? Was that? Was it you that was? Was I think it's. I think it's a great synth because I think the System Eight itself is actually forgetting the models is actually a really nice hands-on immediate synth. And I, you know, there's all the arguments that it'd blow away in the wind if you didn't tether it down. And you know, we use them live in our live rigs because they're Light. easy, easy yeah. to buy and they're you know, accessible and they don't weigh a ton touring them around and you know and they've got lots of lights on stage so you can see what you're doing all that stuff i think i think you're right roland have a have a un it's an unfair perception people bash everything that they bring out now and go oh it's just they're just you know they're just making toys they're just turning into dj people da, 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 da. you know and there is an element like you say this are there are some products you know, we had the Jupiter 80, and oh my God! I mean, let's not go into that thing. But you know, there are some other products that you know since like that are gems. Like you know, you found like the 707. You may not like the styling. You may not like the fact that they're not making out and out balls out analogs. Blah 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 blah. But there doesn't doesn't diminish that these are all useful mm. devices in music making in the 21st century. Although yeah. I did hear a rumor the other day that they're. Um, because of their collaboration with Studio Electronics, that there, there's an eight, on the internet. There's quite a few rumours that the Amiga Eight will get repackaged as a full-blown eight-note polyphonic analog synth. Lordy. with them. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. it. I hadn't Even heard I think, that. Studio Electronics. If, if the lawyers are listening, I had no prior knowledge of this whatsoever. No, so. no. It's, <laughs> it's on the internet. Studio Electronics made some comments themselves about about uh, you know the, the dreams do come true or something. Somebody asked about it mm. oh interesting well one to watch out for that's definitely something yeah. to, to keep an eye well, i mean i think i think i think I, I mean i've been guilty of it in the past because you know i did want roland to start with instruments that i didn't have and i did now jupiter 8 or blah 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 but i mean i think there's i think there's enough there's enough um analog recreation stuff out there to kind of give roland a bit of slack and let them get on with what they're doing yeah, uh, well, I think that's a fair point. A fair point indeed. Well, um, gosh, it feels like the time suddenly flew by. We're at the point uh, in the show where <laughs> I usually wrap things up. So I, I know we maybe had one or two things that we wanted to get into, but I think I'm going to leave that for now because you never know next week. There might be no news whatsoever and no topics, mm -hmm. but I sincerely hope not. Um, but thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for everybody in the chat rooms, in our Discord, uh, and in uh, the YouTube chat, and in the IRC, and on Twitch. Uh, let me just put that. If you want to join our Discord server, which I said, uh, chat continues. Uh, we've got multiple channels there. Uh, Bitly slash Sonic Discord will get you over there. Uh, that's no problem. And if you, again, if you want to uh, save some money on Isotope products, then all you really need to do is go to isotope.com slash Sonic Talk and use the code Sonic10 at checkout to save 10% on any of their stuff. But we'll say goodbye to all our viewers. Uh, Gaz, nice to have you. Are you got a show tonight? The Gaz Williams show? Is that live this evening? Ye Yes, and and actually, it's going to be focused around the the seven oh seven update, really. So, ah, okay, uh, so if you are interested in that, check out the show later. Excellent. That's on. If you go to uh, Gaz Williams at uh, the Gaz Williams Show, just search for that on YouTube. You'll be able to find that anywhere. <laughs> Lovely to have you, Gaz. Thank you very much. Thanks. And uh, also, uh, Alex Milo Melodies. 
lovely to have you, even though it's a day off. Uh, always welcome. If you ever have another day off that you fancy spending talking about music technology, you're more than welcome to join us. Uh, what's next for Thanks, you? Nick. What's uh, what's coming out? I guess that video that you were talking about shooting. What what else have we got? coming from you yeah well uh that video basically i've got some stuff that's in the works but 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 yeah get subscribing it will be out on patreon probably later today or tomorrow so um please get get subscribing and thank you nick for having me i really enjoyed it thank you <laughs> you're most welcome sir and uh, robbie lovely to have you as well are you back in uh, yeah. have you are you have you got to finish writing that uh hard yeah that got, elusive mid late I've got my new, I've got all new social media going to be launching in next week um, for my new artist project, which is called Delta B. Um, okay. D-E-L-T-R dot B. So I've got my initials on the end. And it's my favorite synth because it's my first ever synth, the Cork Delta. So that's the, that's the history, history of that. But um, yeah, so that's all launching next week and an announcement about um, the EP. And then I'll be putting content up regularly about the making of the EP. So that's kind of, what I'm working on. Ah, well, you'll have to be in touch. Maybe we can uh, we can do something with you on that. Who knows? Yeah, I think I know great. a publisher That's who great. might be interested in music technology content. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Lovely. Well, lovely to have you all, folks. Uh, it's been a pleasure as ever. Thanks, everybody, in the chat. Uh, like I said, check out the Discord. Uh, do all of the stuff that you normally do. We've got more content coming up. Uh, remember the battery-operated orchestra uh, interview on Friday morning where to coincide with the launch of their album. We'll go to our little fours up shot here, and then I'm going to now figure out how to turn off all the uh, streams. <laughs> Uh, which will be a challenge. But anyway, that's it for this time. Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you all at the next show. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.